recorded from all Ladies over the globe here, multiple times, world champion pro wrestler, time. lead singer of Fozzy, and New York Times best-selling author Chris Jericho, one of my favorite wrestlers. Talks the podcast world with his podcast, Talk is Jericho, his unique take on all things pop culture and entertainment. Sit down with Chris as he interviews some of the biggest names in wrestling, music, television, movies, comedy, and of course, you can't forget the paranormal. All are welcome. There's no ID. Talk is Jericho available on Westwood One, westwoodone.com, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go listen to it now. Now, you guys know I love podcasts. That's why I did Talk is Jericho. And listen to this concept of this podcast a show Bobby Bones does from his house. You guys know Bobby Bones is my hero, my mentor. He does in-depth interviews with the songwriters, producers, and artists in Nashville that reveal the stories behind the biggest songs that you've ever heard on the radio, candid anecdotes, and personal stories that they have. Now, this is important because Bobby just sits in a chair and he looks at you and he says this or that. He says that and this. doesn't matter. He doesn't have any questions prepared. That's how I like to do this. This is how I like to do it, and that's how I do it. So go listen to the Bobby cast. It's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-S-T. Go listen to it on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcast, it's available right now. Thank you guys for joining in on the Hodgepodge Podcast. It's going to be a good episode today, like always. It's Tuesday, so it's going to be a good one. So you can go over and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge. Uh, M-R-D-Y-L-A-N-H-O-D-G-E at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge Instagram and Twitter. You can also go over to Facebook and type in the HodgePodge podcast on uh, Facebook. Give us a like. If you got anything you want us to request or want us to do, let me let me know. So this is going to be a different podcast today. It's going to be a great one for me. So I'm going to add music on top of this, um, on top of my voice. I'll make it sound a little official and professional, which is not. So my favorite band of all time is who I'm going to talk about today. And my favorite band of all time, out of every band in America, every band in the world, it's Aerosmith. And I'm going to go over little facts here about Aerosmith and I'm going to tell you why I love Aerosmith. So in case you guys don't know, Aerosmith, the members of Aerosmith are Steven Tyler, Joe Perry, Joey Kramer, Tom Hamilton, Brad Whitford. And there was past members. There was, um, I think it was Ray Tabano, Jimmy Crespo, and Rick Dufay. Dufay, 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 Rick Dufay, I think. And they got their start in 1970. I'll tell you when I first heard um, Aerosmith, I was watching a movie titled Armageddon with Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler. And I heard, I could stay awake. I heard, I don't want to miss a thing. And I liked that song so much. And I was like, I'm going to check this band out. And from that moment forward, 
that was my favorite band of all time. I've heard every one of their albums. Um, my first, my first album of theirs that I would most likely not listen to. Um, I'm not a fan of Draw the Line that much. Um, there wasn't that many hits on that one. There was um, Draw the Line, but that was really about it. And that came out in 1977. So my favorite Aerosmith album of all time, Permanent Vacation, 1987. This had hits like Hangman Jury, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Angel, Ragdoll. And also, I just love how it was done because... This is the first album that they did sober. Um, they were no longer on drugs. They were no longer, you know, alcoholics. They had a year before they had went back. They had went to rehab, and and, and Steven Tyler got straight and said, "I'm not going to be the only one that's going to get straight." Joe Perry, you got to go. Joey Kramer, you got to go. Tom Hamilton, you got to go. If I'm going, everybody's going to go. So, and then after Permanent Vacation, I would have to say probably toys in the attic which is their third album which came out in 1975 that had sweet emotion walk this way and toys in the attic um you guys know me i like album cuts uh, better than singles sometimes but something about toys in the attic album it just makes it you know from 1975 it, it, it doesn't have a 1975 feel to it you can listen to some albums from 1975 or some uh, you know some singles from 1975 even country music from 1975 and it sounds like crap you know you don't even want to listen to it because it sounds so old but toys in the attic have this people are still going with this vibe that toys in the attic had in 1975 so i'm going to go over some of their studio albums with you this is a fan's partake on Aerosmith my favorite band so their first album came out in 1973 and it was titled Aerosmith um, this was Columbia Records uh, I think they were signed until early 2000s maybe late 90s I'll go back over that in just a second so I was reading Steven Tyler's book does the noise in my head bother you a rock and roll memoir and they took this album and he had a friend that had a thrift store. And they gave him all clothes as long as they could take the picture on the top of the thrift store's roof. And Steven Tyler's wearing a hat, wearing a blue jacket. Um, Joe Perry is wearing a white jacket. Um, so on and so forth. So they took the clothes from the thrift store. And they took the, 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 the album cover picture on top of the thrift store's roof. And they loved it. They loved it so much. And then whoever edited the picture and made the album cover shrunk it down to not even nothing and put clouds behind it. And that makes it look like crap. But so the original thing on here is Dream On. Dream On did not do so well the first time it charted. It charted on the Billboard Hot 100 at 59. Um, and then it was reissued. That was in 73. And then in 1976, it was reissued and made it to number six. And the fun fact real quick about Aerosmith is they only have one number one hit single. 
So singles from Aerosmith's first album, Aerosmith, which is a self-titled album that came out in 1973. Mama Ken, Dream On, and Make It, which was just a promo. Um, so Mama Ken, no one thought this, the song was going to do good. Um, Steven Tyler said, yes, it will. And to prove it, I will get a tattoo that says Ma Ken, M-A apostrophe K-I-N. I'm going to get it tattooed on my hand. And the rest is history. So, I like Dream On. Um, Mama Ken is okay. Um, it's not one of my go-to favorites of Aerosmith, um, which I know every word to it. I know every word Dream On to. But Dream On, something about that song right there just... You know, Raheem writing it on a, on, a, on a little piano and then going back and, and making it on a grand piano. Just something about it. So the second album here, released March 1st, 1974, is titled Get Your Wings. This is also on the label Columbia. So they had a song, same old song, and dance, train kept it rolling, and SOS, too bad. Um, I'm not really familiar. Um, well, I am because I listen to all the albums. But... For you that just listen to the singles of Aerosmith, you're not going to be too familiar with probably not Train Kept It Rolling or SOS Too Bad. You're probably just familiar with Same Old Song and Dance, um, which is cool, which is fine. Uh, that's that's a genuine uh, Aerosmith song. Uh, Eminem uh, did the song called Same Old Song and Dance and used the 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 used the same old story, same old song and dance, my friend. On a song, I'm not going to pull it up right now because I really don't know. Um, so, let's see the charts. Let's see where same old song and dance. It made it to number seven. So, same old song and dance made it to number seven. And that gets us to third album, which is one of my favorites, Toys in the Attic, which is 1975, April 5th, 1975. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, three singles from here Sweet Emotion, Walk This Way, and Toys in the Attic, slash You See Me Crying. You now, the funny thing about um, Sweet Emotion is. Since this point, you've never heard a song start with sweet, with, with, with the first word of the song title, Sweet Emotion, in the very first part of the song. So you've never heard the chorus and the first part of the word in the very first 30 seconds of the song. That, that was never done until Aerosmith's Sweet Emotion. So, Walk This Way... Walk This Way, I know I said that, walk, walk This Way was was the second single on here because it was reissued, and when it was reissued, this is when it hit number six um, on the Billboard's Hot 100. Uh, Sweet Emotion hit 36 um, on the Hot 100s here. Um, and the album is eight times platinum, which means that... They sold 8 million records in the United States. Canada is platinum 100,000. That's really roundabout where Canada is. 1,000 is gold. 100,000 is platinum. So that leads us to the fourth album of Aerosmith's career, which is titled Rocks. Um, I'm not very fond of this album that much. Um, 
three singles from this last child home tonight back in the saddle um <clears throat> not a fan of back in the saddle is okay i'm not really a fan of back in the saddle that much um last child is is a jam um so last child uh position 21 on the hot 100 billboard charts um back in the saddle 38 and that is one of their most requested is back in the saddle and last child uh so rocks is four times platinum four million albums now comes the fifth album and my least favorite aerosmith album of all time is draw the line <clears throat> this was done in 1977 and there was three singles from this album um, which are Draw the Line, Kings and Queens, and Get It Up. None did too well. Um, Draw the Line did okay. It did 42 on the Hot 100 charts. King and Queens did 70. Um, I'm a little... I got a cold here, so fool with me. And Get It Up did not chart. Um, like I said, least favorite album of Aerosmith. Um, I, I don't really, really like the caricature artwork on, on the fifth album, Draw the Line. So, the sixth album here is Night in the Ruts, and something which is done November 1st, 1979, which is very familiar, is Joe Perry was not in the, in the band at this time. He left because he, 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 what they did was they fired a producer that, did not have Joe Perry as so if you listen to I'm trying to explain this the best I can and make it not confusing so the reason Joe Perry left was they had a manager and or, or the producer and the producer made Joe Perry's guitar slicks sound louder than the vocals well the band didn't agree because the reason you're buying it is for the guitar slash the vocals and so they fired that producer and hired another one, which made Joe Perry's guitar licks loud, but not as loud as they were before. It made the vocals of Steven Tyler louder, and they had a disagreement, and Joe Perry was messing around with this chick and, 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 and thought the chick was, was, was more important than the band, and Steven Tyler said, screw you, you know, you can leave. And Night in the Ruts was the very first album without Joe Perry. And that was November 1st, 1979, and only produced one single, which was Remember Walking in the Sand, which is not a very familiar Aerosmith song, um, which didn't even really chart that much. And the album only went platinum once, so it only sold a million, only sold a million albums. So, this is an okay album. Um, if you didn't know Joe Perry was out of it, was not in, in the band at this time, you wouldn't really realize it. Because they had a back uh, a backup guitar player, um, which which is weird back in the days. Because now, you don't really use your actual band. You use a studio band, and when you use a studio band, you're paying studio bands to play your songs while you sing it. But back in these days, you know, you used your whole band, and that was something you had to have. You had to have a backup. So this leads to the seventh album, which. It's, it's okay. Uh, rock in a hard place. Um, this is the second 
Aerosmith album that does not have Joe Paris. So Joe Paris is not in this one. This was uh, August 1st, 1982. Um, two singles on here. One, Lightning Strikes, and two, I don't, I don't curse, so it's um, Bees Brew. So it's the B word, Brew. Um, which, again, is not a very familiar Aerosmith singles. This is not really a very familiar you know, Aerosmith album, but Lightning Strikes did chart, but it only charted on the mainstream rock tracks at number 21, so it, it did an okay, and this is only certified gold, so at this point, they're going downhill as of right now, because they were selling seven times platinum, then they were doing five, then they went one time platinum, and now they're only doing gold on this album, which, to me, this is not a very, it's not my favorite album they've ever done, so three years later, they released eighth studio album done with mirrors which is now joe perry is now back as a lead guitarist so done with mirrors um there was something very good about this done in november 9 1985 which is very different um aerosmith done with mirrors is the title on the on the cover and it's backwards which means when you put it to a mirror you see aerosmith done with mirrors correctly instead of backwards and this produced four singles, Let the Music Do the Talking, Sheila, My Fist, Your Face, and Darkness. Now, this was done in 84, and the label was Giffen, G-E-F-F-E-N. You can go Google that or Wikipedia, whatever you want to do. So, this is what was different about this, a new label, new album. Not very good singles that did too well. Um, Let the Music Do the Talking did 18, and Sheila did 20. Which is okay. The other two did not chart. My fist, your face, and darkness. Which my fist, your face is probably better than the than, than the two singles that did chart. Um, and this is certified gold. So again, they left their stature, and it's now still gold. So my favorite album of Aerosmith is coming up right now. This is the ninth studio album from Aerosmith, and this is done on Giffen Records, G F F E N Records, and this is August twenty fifth, nineteen eighty seven. Permanent vacation. Now, Permanent Vacation released four singles, Hangman Jury, Dude Looks Like a Lady, Angel, Ragdoll. My favorite, all those songs are great, all those songs are jams, all those songs are really good hits. Um, so let's see what they charted right here. Dude Looks Like a Lady went to number four, Hangman Jury went to 14, Ragdoll went to 12, Angel went to three, and then... They did a bunch of remixes, Dude Looks Like a Lady and Ragdoll, which are really very important. Went to 14, 41, 17. So, very good singles here. Very great album. Um, my favorite song from this album, man, Angel is my all-time favorite Aerosmith song. So, let's see. Out of all these 12 songs, my favorite song from this album either Angel or the movie um i love the feel of the movie um it's a fast slow paced song um this one also produced a cover of i'm down from the beatles um so this album is five times platinum so it sold over five million albums and it went platinum 19 went five times platinum 1995 so they they're, they're hitting a good pump now this is they're hitting a good vibe this is the first album that they did sober they're no longer drunk no longer alcoholics no longer drug addicts no longer nothing so everything's good now now leads to the 10th studio album pump now 
this one is still on Given Records. Um, this produced six singles. Um, let's see, one, two, three. Three of which you'll probably know, but if you're a big, big Aerosmith fan like me, you'll know them all. So the singles from here is Love in an Elevator, F-I-N-E, Janie's Got a Gun, What It Takes, The Other Side, and Monkey on My Back. Now, Fine, F-I-N-E, they have it, F-I-N-E, but you spell it out. And then Monkey on My Back were only promos to promote the album. So those weren't really chartable singles. So Love in an Elevator went to number five. Janie's Got a Gun went to number four. What It Takes went to number nine. And then The Other Side went to number 22. And this album is certified seven times platinum. So over seven million albums sold. This is a very great album. This would probably be my close top five pump. Um, very, and, and, and the thing about this is the album cover is very, very weird. Um, it has a truck on top of a truck and it looks like the trunks are humping. Um, if you want to be specific, specific, they look like they're humping. So, hence the name Pump. So, there are some lawsuits that went around with this, with this, uh, with this album. So, a small band, which were called Pump, sued Aerosmith for mark infringement. Um, which turned out that Aerosmith won the case because they said you can title Pump inside the band Pump. So it was another lawsuit, but wasn't really as popular big as that one. So this one, this one to me is probably the funniest <clears throat> album cover for their 11th studio album, which is Get a Grip. Um, again, by Giffen Records, it had seven singles, Living on the Edge, Eat the Rich, Crying, Amazing, Line Up, Shut Up and Dance, and Crazy. But two of these, Line Up and Shut Up and Dance, were only released as singles in the UK. So, like I said, the funniest <clears throat> thing about this album is the album cover. It has um, a cow's udder, which has a nipple, a nipple ring inside one of the one of the nipples, and Aerosmith logo is branded on the cow's leg. So, this is very funny to me. Um, it's just very different. So, here is the singles where they charted. Amazing on the top 100, hit 24. Crying, which is C-R-Y-I-N apostrophe, hit number 12. Eat the Rich was only UK, but it hit 34. Fever, that was a promotional. Living on the Edge hit 18 on the top 100, and Crazy hit 17. So my favorite side of these singles would have to be Crying. I was crying. I can't do Steven Tyler. But this album is certified. Seven times platinum, so over seven million now. They are hitting big time. They're getting they're getting way bigger than they were, and they're getting way more fan base here, way more money, a whole lot more money. So the next album, which is the twelfth studio album, is Nine Lives by Aerosmith. So this like the other ones did not have that big of a following um as well as the singles um three singles here really falling in love is hard on the knees holding my soul in pink 
I'm not very fond of those songs. The only one I'd really listen to is Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. Um, so that charted at 35. Falling in Love is Hard on the Knees. Hole in the Soul charted at 51. Pink, which which Pink is Pink is a good one, which only charted at 23. Um, and this album, like I said, is not very fond, but it's certified. It is two times platinum. I mean, so it sold pretty good. It just didn't sell as good as the other ones. Um, I mean, they took a four-year halt. Um, and I think that's really why they went downhill. Um, they didn't really go downhill. They just stopped selling a lot in the way they're selling. So, 13th studio album. So, you don't have that many albums left. They're almost done. So, Steven Tyler for this album was sitting in sitting in his chair and he started going and let's see who was it Fredrickson so that would be Marty Fredrickson was there with him and goes after Steven Tyler went and this album produced four singles from March 5th, 2001. So they went from nine lives in 1997 to almost five years later to 2001 with Just Push Play. And the lead single off that was Jaded. Um, so they produced four singles. Jaded, Fly Away From Here, Sunshine, and Just Push Play. Which to me, Jaded was really the only one that people would know off this album. And really the only one that charted. Um, hit number seven on the charts. Um, for the for the For the top billboard 100 so this album is actually certified platinum so like i said not as good as nine lives um but i think nine lives had way more better songs than just push play for me they just had that one great hit jaded which made them sound like rock and roll now um rock and roll now sounds just like jaded if you go back and listen to it so the third uh, 14th studio album, excuse me, is Honkin' on Bobo. And now they are back in Columbia Records now with this. Uh, push, Just Push Play was done, was also done at Columbia. So after Nine Lives, Nine Lives was in Columbia. I think after Get a Grip, they went back to um, Columbia Records. So Honkin' on Bobo. Um, so this is really just a covers album. So, 11 blues records, um, 11 blues songs on here. And it only produced one single, Baby Please Don't Go, which did not even chart. Which did not even chart. I should put my phone on silent. It's okay. So, and it is certified gold as of May 11th, 2004. So, March 30th, May 11th, so a little over a month, it was certified platinum. So the last album from Aerosmith is Music from Another Dimension, 15th album, and it was done November 6th, 2012. So about eight years later, they released four singles from Music from Another Dimension. And let's see, Legendary Child, Lover a Lot, what could have been love? Can't stop loving you with Carrie Underwood, and none of these al- none of these singles charted, but the album is gold, um, so it means it sold four hundred thousand sing uh, 
so it sold 400,000 copies and this is one of the best ones um to me one of the, one of the better albums um 15 track which is a lot they were, they were used to doing seven nine ten and 15 albums from this is very good um this is one that i would have to pick as probably my top three top four top five so you heard me talk about i don't want to miss a thing that was never on an album that was only on the and let me get a drink of water here real quick my mouth is a little dry So that was really on the Armageddon uh, movie soundtrack. And so Run DMC in 1987 did a remix of Walk This Way. They're taking the original lyrics of the song and rapping them, which I hate that. I hate that. Oh, I can't stand how much I hate it. So... June 2008, Guitar Hero is at the peak of its run. They make a deal with Aerosmith to make a full Guitar Hero Aerosmith Smash video game. I never played it. Um, I, I'm, I'm never really into video games. Um, but I want to go to right here. I want to go to the tours. So... From 1970 to 72, there was Club Days, which they were just playing clubs. Then in 73, they hit the Aerosmith Tour. 74, the Get Your Wings Tour to promote the album Get Your Wings. 75, Toys in the Attic Tour. 76 to 77 was a Rocks Tour. 77 to 78 was probably one of the best tours is the Aerosmith Express Tour. Uh, 1978 was Live Bootleg Tour. Um, 79 to 80 is Night in the Ruts Tour. 82 to 83, Rock in a Hard Place Tour. 1984, Back in the Saddle Tour, 85-86, Done with Mirrors Tour, 87-88 was Permanent Vacation Tour, 89-90 was the Pump Tour, 93-94 was Get a Grip Tour, 97-99, so they took a three-year halt from touring, and 97-99 was Nine Lives Tour. 99-2000 was Roar of the Dragon Tour. Uh, 2001 to 2002 was just push play. 2002 Girls of Summer tour. 2003 Roximus Maximus tour. 24 Honkin' on Bobo tour, which that was just them playing blues hits. So 2005 to 2006 was Rockin' the Joint tour. 2006 Root of All Evil tour. 2007 World tour. 2007 2010 Cocked Locked Ready to Rock tour. 2011 Back on the Road tour. 2012 to 14 was the Global Warming tour. 14 was Let Rock Rule Tour. 2015 was the Blue Army Tour. 2016 Rock and Roll Rumble Tour. 2017 Aero Vertici Baby Tour. And the Blue Army Tour is Blue Army is the fan base, fan members of Aerosmith. And I am proudly a member of the Blue Army. So I just wanted to take time here and just go give you some information about my favorite my favorite band of all time and some of my favorite albums that Aerosmith has done. Um, I'm truly trying to get done within 30 minutes. I'm about 31 minutes here, so, so I'm pretty good right now. So that's about it today. I hope you guys like the new way I'm doing this podcast. I figured out <clears throat> like um, some of my friends on here, like Clayton Loper, he's been on here a few times. He has messaged me back. We've been going back and forth for the past few weeks about... 
him starting a podcast and he asked me how to do it and I told him the best way that I could tell him to do it was to get this app that I do I'm not, um, Audacity um, no ad I'm not getting paid to do this and learn it yourself um, just press record talk for a minute stop it and go in and try to add stuff that is the best way I can tell someone to do a podcast um, is learn it yourself I had to do it I would love to pass on my knowledge, but I can't do it over text or by phone call. So, so I'm trying to get work on getting more guests on in here. Um, I've just been very busy for the past few weeks. Um, trying to get this done, trying to get other things done, and I've had to cancel six or seven interviews and, and reschedule them. And then when I rescheduled them, somebody that person had to reschedule and. Reschedule, reschedule, reschedule. We were back and forth playing. You know, we were playing tic-tac-toe. Like, oh, I got you. No, I don't. We're going around. So that's really where it hit. So I hope you guys like this episode of HPP here. Um, thanks to Sky Kellogg. I never say this, really. Thanks to Sky Kellogg for making the theme song to HodgePodge Podcast. I never had a theme song for 30 or so episodes. Sky Kellogg was promoting his new EP and about it about seven or eight maybe nine months ago and he was on here and he said I love the title of the podcast and you need a theme song you mind if I make you one and he told me to make a list of songs that I like and we did that and you should hear the original I can't put the original on here because it's copyright like Eminem. Um, Eminem was really the only one that turned out to be copywritten. Um, I had a bunch of other songs on here. It was like f- maybe three and a half, four minutes long, which is kind of too long for a theme song, but what does it matter? It's mine. I can do what I want to with it. Nobody's telling me what to do. And there was uh, the album, the song Not Afraid Eminem. I think there was maybe 35, 40 seconds of the song on here. And that 35, 40 seconds got copywritten. So I tried to go in and edit it. Maybe I'll put it on here later. Maybe I'll put it as an additional track. Um, just one total thing and say, here's the whole uh, theme song here. And I'll try to work around the copyright co- copyright purpose. I don't know how I'm going to do I may have to edit out the Eminem, um, the Eminem music part. But I'm going to try to get it up and try to, try to, try to work it. So I'm going to get off here, guys. And I hope you enjoyed the new... So, before I get off here, I want to say that these the, the Aerosmith music that's on here is not uh, linked to the albums, how I did. I'm just putting them on here because it's Aerosmith, and I'm talking about it. So I hope you guys listen in, and I hope you guys like it, and I hope you guys like future episodes of the HodgePodge podcast. I'm working on more. I have, I have six or seven already recorded that's just going to go up uh, in six or seven weeks. And then if there's another one that I like, like if I do a – a guest or something I like that better than the other ones, then I'm going to put it on here. So 35 minutes, that's 35 minutes. That's pretty good. Um, I don't want to make it too long here, just me talking. So appreciate you guys listening in and enjoy. And like I always say, frownless. <laughs>